Hey, I got that Gatorade you asked for. Thank you so much. I've been having these crazy headaches lately. Ah, I love me some cool blue. Really? Me me too. It's been... Here, I should have some of this. Although, I, I, I might have gotten the wrong... Ah, 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 oh, God! Ah, ah, oh, ah, my God. Congratulations. You've won a cruise to the Bahamas. Leave your credit card number to claim your prize. I don't want a cruise. Stop calling. Leave me alone. Oh, wait, you hear it too? Oh, my God. This is your final courtesy notice. Your car's extended warranty coverage is set to expire. I don't even have a car! This is the fifth final notice you've given me. Stop! Land shark. Ah! I I hate sharks! Uh, uh, uh. Oh. Oh my god. Oh god, I'm glad that's over. Alex? Alex? Oh my god. This Gatorade isn't cool blue. It's Glacial Freeze! No! It's a storm of us, and we're going to tell you about how we saved the world. This episode of Storm Buds, we build the wall and make the Garleans pay for it. We get relentlessly called by a stranger, and we learn the truth about the Garlean Empire! That's the episode you've been waiting for. One of several episodes you've been waiting for. Because this is Storm Buds, the Final Fantasy XIV recap podcast of your dreams. I'm your host, Jerome Barbatsis, and joined by... I am joined by... I'm joined by... um, What's his name? You know, my co-host of Light, Alex Hambrock. That's just our tagline now, huh? The pod, Final Fantasy XIV podcast of your dreams? The Final Fantasy XIV recap podcast of your dreams! That's going on all the merch. Okay, we'll have mugs up soon. Mugs up soon! Oh, boy. Do we have an episode for you today? I have 12 pages of notes, and I'm sure I missed the last note, <laughs> the last bit of every single quest still. But, whoo-wee! This is uh, effectively our sunset show on Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood, um, because this will be covering this. This content will be the MSQ four point four through point point five quests, and um, we're really excited right. to. Yep, I did it. Uh, we're really excited to get to Shadowbringers. But first, we must cover our usual first bookend. Our side quests. Tell us what side quests you've got. All right, I actually have one this week. Heck yeah! Did my homework. By which I mean I played around with the game I've had on Steam for several months for like mm. six hours. Yeah. Uh, I was playing a bit of Other Side, actually. Other Side. Tell week. us about Have you heard that. about this at all? No. It is a roguelike, but it's a roguelike tactics game, not mm-hmm. a roguelike deck builder. So, an Into the Breach. Yeah, an Into the Breach, sort of. If in Into the Breach, um, your mechs were clone ladies, and it was like a black and white version of like nineteen of 1870s London, but also it's not really clear because everything seems to exist outside of time and space. And also, uh, the only way to heal your units ever was to sacrifice other units in order to heal them up, which is uh, really, really a real challenging sort of resource loop to manage. Sounds sexy. It's just a... I guess... <laughs> This game, this game, this game is probably someone's fetish. It's, a, it's, it's a very tough as nails kind of like tactics game so far. And like the big thing really is, is just like you have these units 
and you have like you know and they take damage in these fights mm. and literally the only way to heal a unit is to sacrifice a unit of equal or higher level uh, equal or higher level oh, no. meaning that like the entire thing is you kind of like grinding out keeping up a good stock of these like of, of different like you know swords mistresses and gun people at different levels so that, that way when someone like you know almost eats shit in a fight you have someone else you can use to uh to 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 kind of heal him back up and it's a it's a real fucked up like i said it's a real fucked up economy so far and i'm having a hard time feeling good about it because this is one of those games where it's like i get 30 minutes into a run Mm -hmm. and it feels like it's going bad and i'm just like i just want to quit and stop playing this now and then do it again and maybe i'll get it right on the first go next time which never happens never happens so you know it's one of those it's one of those got it well thank you for sharing about other other side other side other side yes fabulous fabulous uh video game wise i haven't really been branching out that much i've been spending more time playing tekken 7 again and kind of hovering around green ranks now as opposed to teal ranks so that's like a if for those in the know that's a little bit higher up in the ladder but i kind of still get knocked down once in a while um that's as far as like real life goes we saw um a I, i i went with um i went on a date you know when we saw um seth parker woods that's his name uh, Seth Parker Woods, who is a, a kind of Grammy nominated, kind of Grammy nominated cellist, and he had um, a an album is an album out called Difficult Grace, and it was an exploration and kind of an abstract exploration of uh, sort of the black identity in America and uh, using you know using the cello visuals uh, interpretive dance. Uh, we saw it downtown, and it was absolutely lovely. And I recommend anyone listen to uh, Difficult Grace for um definitely a a, a a very artistic uh interpretation of some very very powerful stuff very cool check yeah, that out it seemed like a really great show you yeah. had a lot of good stuff to say about it i did i did uh the, the the very end of it was a little overstimulating because he really uses all of the cello and then it gets like real scratchy and stuff and i was like Egh! but it was like still really haunting and, and beautiful in a way but it was also made me wish i had earplugs <laughs> you've never to, seen a cello push to, that far uh, certainly not no <laughs> cello went, to the that cello point. went through it you know he needs like a new cello every show he just he uses yeah. up all the cello and- uh, we'll see yeah maybe um okay that was enough of that crap no, just kidding <laughs> for that and if we're going quick segment. it's because we have so much to cover yes well we're never we never go we quick. Say every single episode. we never go quick we want to get started on um recapping the final fantasy 14 main story quest and we got 60 seconds to get everyone caught up the entire crux of this expansion was this war um between an empire that is subjugating a bunch of smaller nations to create one glorious wonderful nation that everyone loves um, we had liberated two of those nations in this expansion by the name of Garabania and Doma, and we pushed back and they established their independence. And at this point, after the expansion is over, we are um, looking to broker a sort of tenuous peace with the Garlean Empire by various means, and it keeps falling apart. And it's going to really fall apart this episode. Yes, and this and this episode tensions are kind of at an all-time high after a failed no, after a successful prisoner exchange sort of, but there's some information misinformation being spread within the empire that is causing a lot of chaos. Let's get into discussing what all that's about, shall we? We shall. Per- we perfect time with- for a yawn. 
<laughs> right they when would, I <laughs> they wouldn't have heard it. You could have just cut the <laughs> yeah. gap out. I would never do such a thing. The first quest is called Sisterly Act. Uh, and and there's there's so much info here. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and skip the blow by blow and just kind of like download everything that happens. Mm-hmm. So stuff that happens here includes one: the alliance is finally. We are at the Rising Stones, and we get a whole bunch of info from various parties, including that one: the alliance is finally ready to meet up and discuss what to do about the empire, about the weird Xenos puppet that's walking around in the empire, yes. about the whole sort of deal right now. Two: Thancred also is back, and he has. Um, overheard um thankred wants us to come visit him because he has news we need to hear which is that um he also has boy i screwed this up out of the gate didn't i well yes so um we when we rendezvous with thankred he tells us that like the other provinces uprisings are not going well yes um dalmasca in particular hey cool guess what we just did lost their capital <laughs> so you know tying back to the so, previous episode where good we, thing talked we didn't about, throw a lot in with those guys yeah i know um well, no, they already had lost oh, okay. their this, capital. This like, okay. And then we revisited the ruined, the royal city, basically. Got it. Okay. Um, so kind of, like, kind of not really, right? I mean, but the, the Eorzean Alliance has been um, su- supplying these resistance movements with with some, you know, nice goods. But as for the uh, Popularis, which is the movement inside Garlemald that is trying to stop subjugation, they're being kind of stifled by um, propaganda and... Also, we know that the the envoy from Doma, El, uh, No, has uh, been kind of uh, shot down out of the sky. <laughs> yes. Um, and the prince is also out and about. Nobody suspects him as being an Asian, even though we're pretty sure he is. Um, and what's weird is that we have not heard of that Doman emissary in the capital. So Thancred thinks that Alphano never made it. And he got a cracked, crackled uh, Link Pearl message that only said the words, The Burn. The burn. So we got to go investigate. Uh, screw this stupid meeting that we're about to t- go to. <laughs> so we're, we're off to Doma. Yes. Oh, and, we and, catch up and, with, and uh, also Alice is like oh, yeah. talking to uh, Yustola. And Yustola is like, something weird is happening. All the crystals no longer yeah, have yeah. elemental Alice energy. Is, That's a problem. Yeah, Alice is with us. And... Um, um, she, well, once we catch up with Yastola in Doma, she's doing her primal research. She, um, uh, she tells us some really important stuff here. Uh, first off that we kind of understand by focusing one's will upon an ether infused object, one can summon objects, meaning like the mirror that you, that, uh, that Yotsuyu had can also be infused with immaterial ether like prayer and and soul and stuff this is kind of what's going on with like the kami also right? yeah like basically the... yeah like those uh like uh susano was summoned right from that those objects um Yishtola then agrees to join us on our search for alphano uh, and drop everything because holy shit yes and we make for the akian khan to treat with lord hian for further assistance who agrees pretty quickly yeah that leads us into the following quest feel the burn yeah so we're off to the burn yeah we learn a bit about the burn it was a dis it was a verdant land teeming with life but um Suppose the the legend is that so, supposed summonings, you know, draw it, uh, drew it blood of its ether. Uh, too we, many primals, and you yeah. know, the whole thing turned into a desert. Turns out not to be not exactly necessarily true. true. It was upon uh, like once once that desert was beheld, beheld um, Emperor Solus was spurred to embark upon his crusade against their kind. Same emperor who commissioned the um, the theater troupe, by yes. the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah wow so like the garlean empire isn't really even that old um not really no a couple probably probably 150 ish so i mean it's not it's not older than the 
the flood. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I guess the most recent calamity. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second most recent calamity. Anyway, but that takes us into that our takes first us into dungeon. the dungeon. We make for the burn by bird. Um, uh, last last episode, I made a joke about there not being scorpions in the burn, and then I realized I was very much wrong. And here we are. The first boss of the burn is a big scorpion. Yeah, <laughs> everyone keeps talking about how the burn can't support any life. We went to this dungeon. There's a lot of life in There's here. There's a heck of a lot us. of life. It's all trying to kill us. I don't know about this. Seems pretty. Seems pretty lifeful. Um, we have to block his sort of line of sight with the crystals, kind of like Fenrir and Snowcloak. Then a second boss is a car guy, and it, we, we like stumble into some Alagon ruins that are in the burn, which is weird. And then there's a car guy. We got to get into the right lane with his car. Or we'll be run over by cars. And the third and final boss is the Mist Dragon, which is um, kind of an iconic boss from Final Fantasy IV, and they've brought it into here. Um, the big thing is that it turns into mist and you can't hit it and you have to like find where it's going to do AOEs in the mist and it's creepy. And it did this like once against us and we were doing really well. So we kind of beat it pretty quickly. We did, but it was also, it was, mm, no, I remember it being quite slow and difficult and he having to heal a fuck ton because everyone kept getting frozen by the, by the guy. Okay. I don't remember, I don't remember this being quick at all, actually. Okay. (laughs) I I just remember, I remember it only doing the cool mist thing like once. Yeah. The cool mist thing only happened. But yeah, that was that's like the, the big gimmick but yeah no actually no that was actually here, pretty hard my note here actually says this boss is quite hard so i was completely <laughs> lying earlier <laughs> you were trying to save face and i said nay the cutscene afterwards is where uh we continue to find the previous crash site of the ship remember the domain emissary alphano was knocked out of the sky by some um garleans who were under the orders from the crown prince uh he also complains about all the sand he got in his ass uh, he says places, but I'm pretty sure he's referring to his he's pants. To, he's, he is definitely referring to his front and his back. Yestola, somehow, in spite of this place being devoid of ether, can see pretty well. Yeah, I'm, the consistency there is a little weird. She sees, whatever, yeah. She sees Machina and soldiers' uh, bodies, and we go over, and uh, Yukiri the, the, then identifies them as Emperor's personal guard. There's this bit here where, like, Alice is like, let's split up and search for clues. And I was like, okay, we'll split up and search for clues. And then it cuts, and we're, like, stand, also, like, 30 <laughs> feet apart. It's like... Find any clues? <laughs> no! <laughs> Alice is looking at a body over here. Ishtol's looking at a body over there. Anyway, all these casualties are Garlean, which means that they're fighting their own. Um, so Alphano is probably alive. Yeah, it looks like the either- Emperor's personal guard was here as yeah, well. Yeah, so if so- he's not if he's not dead here, then he's probably alive and a prisoner or in hiding or something. We don't know. Uh, we head back in Doma while the rest of the shinobi continue to search. Shadows in the Empire. Shadows in the Empire. Duty calls for Lord Hien, who wishes we accompany him in welcoming a certain foreign emissary. It's Lise. Tis Lise on an alliance mission. Tis, as we appraise her of uh, the situation, we we reiterate once again that we believe that the Asians are acting to stop the notion that peace is possible within Garlemald. Uh, we we ask her what's up. She tells us the um, that El Amigo is now in the Eorzean Alliance, and that Lord Hien is also welcome to attend the court of ceremony. There. Yeah, it's going to be a big kind of like event. Yes. And like it's going to be a show of strength and an assertion that, you know, that East and West are going to resist the Empire together. However, 
There's before, a complication. He's like, I'm not going to leave until we've made sure that Doma is at least reasonably well defended so that the Empire doesn't just roll in here while I'm gone and take everything back. That would suck. I think that's appropriate. Uh, Lise, uh, you know, thanks him for his time uh, and asks for us for a word in private. What important thing could this be? Lise also was like, it's going to be at the capital in Alamigo. Do you remember the way? And it's like, he probably remembers the way, Lise. He just concentrates really hard and then his etheric form zaps there. <laughs> wow. Which is a joke that I keep I keep making a joke about the whole teleportation thing, but it's going to actually be plot relevant later in a way that I was really happy to finally see them address. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to, to talk about it. Anyway, Elise wants to talk privately, like you said. And she's and all she she just says, um, hey, take care of Alice. And we were like, yeah, we of are. Course, of course. You know, we like her way more than you. So you don't have to. Don't worry about it. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, we're good. You Bye. <laughs> she's like how's like she puts on a brave face to conquer the fear she feels inside just like me and she, please be there to support her and it's like we weren't going anywhere i, I appreciate the kind word but this is weird Thank now you, i'm Lisa. now i'm like weirded out that you're bringing it up like yeah we know everyone in this stupid freaking science does this exact same thing <laughs> okay back in the palace we need manpower provisions and time we have none of those what we do have a deus ex machina tell us more about that Okay, so, um, well, so it, it, a couple stages here. It's going to result in a big old Deus Ex Machina. But to mm-hmm. get there, we have to, um, Heen wants to see if we can form an alliance with any of the other kind of local factions, like Hingashi, the Sinosato? Sinosato, yeah. Sinosato, and Nangxia, and Delmasca. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, now he'll talk with the Delmasca and say that he needs something from them. But uh, <laughs> if any of them agree to this, we can strengthen ourselves. The show is like, yes, just like under Louis Wilde, we united all of Eorzea. So we're sort of experts on this. And he is very gracious and says, oh, yes, of course. We're very grateful for your wisdom. Mm-hmm. He's a... Uh, Shoal's being a bit of a know-it-all here. Yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah. And so Alice is like, we don't have time to even form an alliance. If the Garleans get wind of how vulnerable stuff is here, they'll just overwhelm us with airships. And that's when Ishtola is like, you know all those Alagon ruins we ran through in the burn? Mm-hmm. That's pretty similar to Azisla, and Azisla had a big sky force shield. Yeah, the, the she. this is where her vision kind of comes into play. She says that the barrier generators had the same uh, ether signature as those of Azisla, and also just kind of deduces that, like, this is where this is. This is where this came up from. <laughs> yeah, as his last land ripped from the burn. This okay. didn't. This didn't burn from summoning. This burned from the stupid alligators. <laughs> but um, she says, "Hey, listen, we could just power this up, and then we'll have the same barrier." And what's what's more is like what's you know what's. Alice kind of says, well, what's to stop them from flying around it? It only covers one thing. Well, um, the Allegans destroyed the, or, <laughs> the no, other way. The, yeah, the, the Garleans. The Garleans destroyed the Gal- Del Masca, sorry, and with it, they're, like, they're refueling points. So yeah, they have to fly so, right across the burn now. Yeah, if you're looking at the map, it's pretty, it's pretty mm-hmm. well made. Um, so... To the Azim Step. Yes, we have an idea for an energy source. It is located in the Step, um, and it's also a great opportunity to talk about an alliance with the She'ela. So, good good time to uh, hit two birds with one stone a power in slumbers he quest. Is, then he and thus explains what the fuck we're doing here at the start of this quest um he, he, he shares first... a he shares in his way yeah yeah, yeah. he wants uh, to show Ishtola around yeah he shares in his way we go up to his favorite little spot that we found him at before and tells us a little a little uh a legend about uh azim and nama um venturing into some 
It's a distant past, a wayfaring soul received a nama, a sliver of her essence, a sharp blah blah. Something blah. legendary, something yeah, there's, power. There's it's some, like a, there's it's some tainted land cloven from the earth, offering of blood. And he's like, that sounds like Azisla. And I was like, does it? Okay, okay. A tainted land cloven from the earth and an offering to the blood of heavens, Azisla and Dalamud. That was my thinking. Yes. Okay. Sure. Blood to the heavens, red moon. I guess. I. I yeah. Perfect. Why not? Whatever. Every coincidence between legends in this world is just because they're the same legend. Mm-hmm. Turns out. Leave it to Final Fantasy to just random manifest a random thing via prophecy. <laughs> sure. That's just what they do. Anyway, we go and talk to Serena, leader of the Sela, you know, uh, and we get to at that thing that is probably obviously pretty sacred, right? Like it has a whole legend around it. And these people are not going to be super happy that we're going in there yeah. activating their sacred shrines and whatever. Uh, yeah, we better go figure out, but we better go figure out whether or not it's actually worth pursuing before we do anything with regards to diplomacy. And so we just go check out these ancient sacred pillars, and it's just a giant Allegan like magic mechanism. It's, it's so yeah. funny. It's just like the just most like, obvious magic yep. tech type. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yep, we're good. This would surely be. This is like an an artifact that houses a lot of ether, and the surrounding area is a pretty bereft of ether, which is weird. Um, there's this whole scene where like Yshtola spends like she's like carefully attunes herself to it and then just like yep wow okay that's really powerful cool uh now we need to go appease the dotharl since they seem with our knowledge we know that they're the most fervent believer of nama so that like they probably think this is pretty sacred right so we go and we go hi we say hi sadu we love sadu sadu's great and she's like she, she she's very horny to fight with us again and she's like the only possible way well <laughs> What? How else would you describe how she acts here? I just would say eager. I would say, Sadu, what fight? No, that's not. No, she's a little more eloquent than that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my, my crass portrayal of Sadu. Sadu wants to fight. <laughs> Sadu wants to fight. We want peace, but we want peace. Oh, what? Oh, dang. Fine. You can use the thing, but we still have to fight. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, we want peace with the Empire. Fine. Whatever. But we get... um. So I have a note here that says, okay, uh, Sadu, get ready for a serious booking. I'm a book ya. <laughs> yeah. And so we solo duty. We do a solo duty. She fights with us. Very fun. She does her wall face and meteor stuff over and over again. Um, and after that, guess who fucking crashes the party? Ah. It's it's Magni, the leader of the, the Oranir in yellow. God, what a pizza. And he's so upset because Sadu has been doing everything. She's like summoning meteors by the end. And he's like, don't set the entire step on fire. I'll set whatever step I want on fire. <laughs> and so then they do some kind of like, you know, like chest beating around to see who can order who around. Mm-hmm. And he's very upset that we did this without inviting him as well. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, Sadu is like, do you want to fight for it? And he's like, maybe I will. And so then he, yeah, and he runs in. He runs in. But before he could run into us, he is uh, cut off by Lord Hien. And Yastola, and so we're playing as Yastola for this yes, part of the duty. It pans out like it fades. Uh, the two of us, you know, the Warrior of Light and the Sadu get faded out, and then we play as Yastola for the next one. So you get to do a little White Mage gameplay. Um, there's lots of axes around. He and takes care of this other guy, the of the of the only all male tribe that you know. I can't remember his name, but he's one of the ones of the all all male tribe, and we basically heal him and fend off Magni's little axe ads. That he summons to do AoEs. We do that a whole bunch. And we get a really cool... We get, we get fettered completely. And then Yashola breaks free and does like a, we, a really cool um, 
uh, conjury dance with her staff to yep. do a big blast of like water and earth ether right at Magni's place. I don't think I had figured out that she was a white mage before this point. Yes, she is a conjurer. She had she had always done. I mean, not necessarily white mage, but she was definitely a healer, right? She had her little astrologian like ether oh, shields sure. that she's always done, and yeah, um, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, she's a she was a she's a white mage. And then afterwards, after this is done, after Sadu is defeated, Sadu is like, ah, oh, never have I felt such bliss in defeat. Mm-hmm. Was that good for you? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, Magni. Uh... <laughs> anyway, now Magni agrees. Like yeah. the power of the Nanama or whatever is the pillar is ours to use. Uh, and this is a bit where he okay you fine you can take this one no you could do it you're interested here okay so the, then Magna is he's eyeing Ishtola and he's like oh w- what is your name are, are you my Nama and she she's very confused by this whole thing she just is like what is happening who is this man we've just met and he's he's very into her he wants to worship her even mm-hmm. and Ishtola is just completely shuts him down and is like nope I'm not interested little son try again when you're a man and he um, instantly deflates and it's very funny instantly deflates Sadu keeps repeating Sadu thinks it's <laughs> the funniest fucking thing in the world as she should <laughs> and, um in this moment, kind of Magni transforms sort of a kind of an asshole to a, a big lovable himbo <laughs> in my eyes. And then Magni and Sadu pull weapons on each other, and Shul's like, okay, let's get out of here. We're, yeah, they're like, they're taunting each other, and this. then you know, Shul's like, all right, well, we got shit to do. And the, the, boss, the Stormblood boss music walks, starts up again, and she walks directly in between them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The music is playing as we leave. It's really Very funny. Very casually. Um, cool. All right, have fun. Now that that's out of the way, we uh, get to let's do that one thing with the coin thing or whatever thing, you know. The call. The call. The call. Off to the house of the crooked coin. That's one hella crooked coin. Why is it called that? Do they even use money up here? They have to. I guess so. I don't know. Okay. Yashola starts doing her ether magic, and the whole thing erupts with glowy light, which builds to a crescendo of different glowy light. A crooked coin was my name in high school. All right, I guess I'll do some etheromancy here. <laughs> And then the glowy crescendo fades, and Hina's like, did it work? And Ishtol's like, yes, we've unlocked the dam. Ether now may flow freely in the burn again. That cool. was easy. So we can power up that dang wall. Let's, okay. We're going to build the wall. All right. Anyway. Back to Doma. <laughs> I already made that joke. Back to Doma, where Alice and the Ironworks folks have been working on getting the whole barrier thing working. She has made it so the Ironworks are ready to go at the Alagon ruins and get them up and running. Good job, Alice. I don't know how you did it, but you did it. You take credit for all their work. Let's check back on that meeting now, shall we? Yeah, which I guess, like, he didn't want to leave until the barrier was working, but then he's good to go to the Alliance meeting now, even though the barrier isn't up. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Point being that, like, we go to the Alliance meeting to induct Alamigo into the Alliance. Several cutscenes will play in sequence. They do. They do play in sequence. Cutscene number one. It's the round table at Alamigo. Alamigo is now in the Eorzean Alliance. Lots of pomp, lots of circumstance. Huzzah. Everyone's great. Great. Next order of business. We have to deal with the fucking Asians. They suck ass. Yes. Okay. So. Thancred's got a plan, though. Yeah, Thancred's got a plan, which is like, um, what, like, we need to, we need to, um, <laughs> I forgot. I have okay. two different names for him in here. Yeah? At this point, I'm referring to him as Fozinos. Like F-A-U-X. <laughs> yeah, got it. Okay. So at uh, this point, we're like, how do we assassinate Fazinos? Mm-hmm. Thancred is like, that seems like a bad idea. What if instead we spread rumors that Xenos is dead and his corpse is being puppeted? So rumors of the truth. You know, yeah. Why don't we just do that? 
Um, this would normally be stupid, except for two reasons. One, people did already actually think he was dead, and they're still kind of weirded out that he's alive. Two, lots of factions aren't really a fan of Xenos anyway. <laughs> like, there was just, that whole war of succession, so they'll just spout it, even if they don't actually believe it, because just, fuck that guy. Yeah, just t- take it and use it to your, your advantage, which is also our advantage. That sounds fantastic. We should get going right away. Oh! Oh, God! What's happening? Ah! It's we 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 get like it seems like an echo vision only it's blue ring, and ring. shaky ring and, ring and really scary ring ring and we get zapped into the black void but everything is still blue and shaky and history this- must be changed ahead looms a calamity twin dooms only you can forestall only you our friends are fucked up. Help! Voice, everyone, we're all in pain! Everyone at the table with the echo is clutching their heads in agony. Let expanse contract. Aeon become instant. Uh, Throw uh, wide the gates. Uh, 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 I'll say this here. I don't always find the character models in this game the most expressive. In in the aftermath of this, Estrola, Alice, Thankred, and I all, all look, look freaked the fuck out. They all look miserable. <laughs> what the everyone fuck Everyone is like, that? what was that? And Thancred is on the floor completely yep. collapsed yeah thank is down the doctors and healers have no idea what the fuck is going on there's no poison no bruises that they'll call for medics he's just kind of stopped and now it's time for kane sena's most most valuable contribution to the story yet she's like oh that sounds like your soul was plucked from your flesh we call that being called it's like what you have a term for this yeah that's like i mean it's kind of a theoretical thing right but sort of she like, can't find his soul in his body, so... Yeah, um, you heard a voice, just because we shared with her that we heard a voice, right? It's like, somebody was calling to your soul and not your body, I guess. And, and so, and I appreciate the immediacy of this. Mm-hmm. We're like, you know who I bet would be able to help us out with this? Uriange. Yeah. And so, before we can even go talk to him, it's like, oh, ah, shit, call on the Link Pearl. Same thing happened to him. Yeah, a couple of questions. Where are we being called to? Who the fuck is calling? Why? Right? A million things. But same thing happened to Uriange. And he's at the Waking Sands. Damn it! So this thing's got range. That's so far! Cut scene again. We meet up with him and he's totally fine, but he's completely worried. Um, let's have him head to Alamigo to take a look. We're going to have him like go take a look at Thancred because he's probably the, the smartest. And Yustola brings up kind of a, uh, an etheric thinness, right? That's happening with regards to this sort of area around the coin. And Orianche says it's, um, I don't know. I don't know what this... Like, there's no sign of primals being summoned. It's not yeah. clear what's happening. The ether is just getting thinner. And Orianche said he noticed it, but I don't remember where he else he noticed it. Uh, just all over the place. Jesus is across the land, I think, is what he said. Something okay. Like that. Okay. Anyway, point being, we're talking to him when he gets another voice. What when, the fuck? Mm-hmm. He, yeah, it's everyone, right? Everyone gets it again. Yeah, it's, it's happening pretty quickly. Oh, why the gates? Only you. Only you. Ahead looms a calamity. Oh, Christ. And at the end, Estrella and Ariane also collapse on the floor. Fucking, there's going to be a calamity in my liver when I'm done taking all this ibuprofen for the for this pain but um tush. is there like a soul ibuprofen for the soul <laughs> it's called meditation it's called chicken soup ishtola and Uriange are now um soulless <laughs> and we're like okay we have no idea what to do at this point some force is just sucking out the souls of all of the people who know anything about etheric solomancy so yeah right in front of us lsa is uh clearly distraught because all her friends are just dropping not dead in front of her 
But she puts on a brave face, as she is wont to do, and uh, decides to pay a visit to somebody. Yeah. We're going to head to Limsa Lominsa and go pay a visit to Gabu. Gabu, the little goblin. The little before. goblin. He's the one that summoned uh, Titan when he saw his dead parents. <laughs> and got tempered, right? He got tempered, but he's kind of still fighting it. Uh, he's a kobold, by the way. I don't know what the hell. We're, he's not a goblin. He's a kobold. He's still he's still fighting it. And like we just, we meet him. Mm-hmm. And like, and Alice is like, you know, looking up at the stars with him and apologizing. She's not here with Alphano the way she said she would. And it's, yeah. it's a very cute scene. She's, she's reflecting on like, you know, how she's always drawn strength from her friends around her, but now her friends around her are all kind of being struck down. And so she's going to have to find strength inside herself. Yeah. The voice acting here is really exceptional. It's a really good scene. It's exceptional. And I think I saw an interview Somebody had mentioned and complimented the voice actress on this, whose name I cannot remember. I'm so sorry. Um, and she had gotten the direction that less is more with regards to um, like kind of caring for somebody and being motherly and calm. Uh, so she just like, and I was really hearing that. Not less is more, like just like the the frankness with which she, she speaks and the clarity with which she delivers all the words. Um it was really, it's really something. This is this is a worthwhile cutscene to revisit, even if you don't go through the entire uh, entirety of MSQ. She broods a bit, um, but we reassure her that um, you know we're not gonna we're not gonna leave her behind. And before we go, um, it's unbeknownst to the two of us, but Gabu kind of gives us a little look. Yeah, he's not just looking straight forward, but he just looks up. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't see it, but kind of you know a little dramatic irony that there's a little bit of acknowledgement in his soul it, okay so thing i'm curious about here we'll see if i'm right about this mm-hmm. the way that the, everyone's souls are getting snatched right now does not seem that different from tempering mm. it, it, it is a similar sort of thing happening when a primal tempers people like are, are like i don't know we'll see if that yeah, we'll becomes see. part of the plot we'll see um we head back to the rising stones and alice acknowledges our part to play in um in their rescue what why did i write that in the, oh, in the rescue, acknowledges our part to play in the rescue of our friends, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She can't do this alone. No, yeah. Um, Cutscene. Meanwhile, in the Imperial Palace. Oh, my God. Xenos, uh, Zen, uh, uh, fake Xenos, faux Xenos, and Varus are talking. Xenos says the Popularis are no longer an obstacle, given because of their whatever. He just, they're all in disarray right now. They're all in disarray, and we shot the, we shot just, the leader We down. should just go destroy El Amigo. Yeah. Um, but Varus hesitates. Why? It, Varus is not saying a single thing. And he's yeah. also getting increasingly pissed off that Varus won't even talk to him. Then it's him. Then somebody else shows up. Yes. It's him. It's... It's... It's a, it's a man in a, uh, in, a, in a short bob of a haircut. Brown bob with a white streak in front. Garlean eye, tall. Uh, long, well-decorated robe of, of black and gold. And he um, starts to monologue. He reveals yeah. a couple of things to us. He is one real cocky asshole. <laughs> He's very smug, yes. Varus is sort of a puppet meant to maintain the balance of light and dark under the direction of Elidibus. And he's explaining why he, his name, Solus Zosgalvus, built the Empire. You know, as an Assian. Yeah. You know. So it turns out Solus was an Asian the whole time. The Empire is meant to deliver the agenda of the Asians the whole time. It's I, been like all along, it's been an Asian plot. Not anything like I want to 
direct the the listener's attention to I think episode three, maybe two, where um, Alex said a particular thing. I didn't write it down, but you can find it where. Um, essentially, you said, man, I am way more interested in this Garlean political uh-huh. subplot and not so interested in this Asian nonsense. Well, so, And so- I have been waiting for so long for you to not- eat crow on that particular complaint. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little annoyed by this because now the cool Garlean this imperial so- intrigue has been folded into the ASEAN bullshit. It's been ASEANs all along. I just I, I am I am the astronaut with the gun behind your head. We 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 had this conversation a bit when we were playing this content, but I'm I'm gonna try not to harp on it too much right now. I need I need the ASEANs to start having like real motivations at some point you, soon. You, I need to understand more than just we want to bring back Zodiac. You <laughs> fool! You fool! They they have to be doing this for reasons. I need to understand what the reasons are for any of this. You have been fooled. Meanwhile, okay, it was ASEAN bullshit all along, which Varys himself does not seem thrilled about, and we'll we'll find out more about that later. Varys himself. Does not seem thrilled that like his his grandfather or his father his grandfather his that his grandfather just created the whole empire that he inherited to advance some stupid Asian plot. <laughs> yeah, you're on Varys's side right now. I'm on Varys. Uh, well, yeah. for temporarily until temporarily. we figure out that I don't know what, what his whole deal. Yeah. Um, well, that's what we learn, and that's a big bombshell. And meanwhile, where and Varys the- shoots him, and then he falls <laughs> to the ground, and then just appears behind him. Yeah, it's like come on, that was a waste, and you know it. It's a waste of a bullet. I, um, I, I, just, I personally, Solus thus far the most punchable villain in this game. I just want to. I just want to do whatever it takes to shut this guy oh, up. He is. He is so sure of himself. Um, yes. So we find out. Also, this is meanwhile wherever the fuck Aflano is. He and the people he's with, the Shadow Hunter, run across a resistance encampment of folks who have been up. Uh, They've had the life drained out of them, and not uh-huh. not in the same way that others have been called. Like their eyes are rolled back in their head, their bodies are not breathing, they are dead, dead. Shadow Hunter, um, he says, um, he says he discovered a weapon, the Black Rose. I, yes, this is the Black the Rose. It's like an army called the Black Rose. It's like a bioweapon, a gas. basically a lethal gas, and it's uh, nightmare shit. This is this is the first of its kind that they've ever developed, um, and it looks horrible. Yeah, and, and it's like, this must be the Asians. It's too brutal and pointless to have any other reason. And it's like, mm, okay. And that's the end of uh, Patch 4.4. That's it. Imagine having to wait six months after that to continue playing this story. <laughs> I would I would be <laughs> angry. That, that fucking cliffhanger. All of those cliffhangers. Your friends are gone. <laughs> the Empire was Asian. The There's a chemical weapon. <laughs> Shit's looking bleak. Yeah, thankfully, we don't have. Thankfully, we don't have that problem. We can just continue. We on. can just jump right in three days later. Soul searching is the first quest of four point five. There's no immediate progress, but the scions are still out cold and not via alchemy or conjury. Alize is going crazy, but who helps show up? It's Kryl. It's Kryl. Alice makes an offhanded uh, remark about Kryl's journey in a place called Eureka. Um, she was researching Eureka. Yeah, that brings us to um, kind of a sad beep beep. Oh, what's up? Beep 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 beep
I love Val update. I love Val watch. It's back. It's back. We're not covering it. Okay. <laughs> Why are we covering? Are you fucking kidding me? No. Did- <laughs> Did you know the entire time that we were never going to cover the Isle of Val stuff? Why did you make this a recurring bit? I wanted to get some kind of closure on that mystery. What the hell happened to the Isle of Val? We absolutely can't cover it on this podcast because it's Relic. It's a huge like separate leveling system and it would take you weeks. Okay. We may be able to go back maybe to I'll it afterwards. Dig into it independently and like maybe, maybe. Yeah, okay. It's you're gonna get it's it's kind of brutal. It's okay. really, I love it, but so no, it's um it's basically that that plot line is um resolved in <laughs> Can you tell me how the Isle of Val came back? I don't. I kind of don't want to, because okay. that's the mystery. Like it's just back, right? Okay. The, the premise of that is that it's back, and Kryl is figu- uh, there to figure out what the fuck happened and why is it back and everything. Okay, but now she's back to help us. She's back. We're not going to cover it for quite some time, if at all, because it is the Stormblood Relic side instance thing. It takes y'all. If you've done it, you understand why we're not doing it. <laughs> okay. Now. Anyway, Kryl is back, and she and Alice are having like they're, they're kind of like. Hey, it's a hard time, but we're going to gently roast Alphano in his memory in order to, like, you know, talk, like, like reflect on how much we like that boy. I need to co- I need just another moment to come down from the Isle of Val reveal. Okay. <laughs> I didn't expect you to be that mad about it. I, we, we, we've been talking about it for a year. <laughs> oh, cripes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Whew, deep breaths. Um, Carl takes this opportunity to kind of use her knowledge to examine the unconscious bodies uh, and comes at the same sort of conclusion as Kane Sena. But she has an idea. She suggests that, you know, like we did for Yishtola and Thancred when they were missing, we trace their soul's ether. You know, the immaterial stuff. With, you guessed it, Master Matoya's crystal. Back to Matoya. We got Kryl, we got Matoya, we got Alice in all one cutscene. Hell yes! We are feasting. <laughs> this is great. It's the meeting of Matoya and Alice. Hooray! Okay, I do actually want to talk a little bit here. I do think it is sweet, like the yes. way that that uh, Kryle and Alice are t- talking about Alphano and like, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I he, forgot that. He, he's yeah. a he's a very pretentious boy, but also he means everything he says. So on the balance, we like him. Yes, it's very sweet. She uh, Al- Alice lets slip. Uh, well, she does a great Alphano impression about how he sort of has the savior complex. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm going to save all of Eorzea. And at the studium, they were like, you're all kind of a prick. <laughs> I, I do also like that it's like, Kyle's like, their souls are gone? Let me go check. And then so Alice and I sit down with a drink and she comes out. It's like, yeah, those souls are gone. Those souls are real gone. It's like, Whoa. Yep, you were right. Sorry, I just uh, trust but verify here. <laughs> so we head off to Matoya's cave. Alice is like, man, she is doing the most to, to be not seen. That's weird. Anyway, um, Toya's not thrilled to see us, as usual. But uh, she's like, oh, she still like a god? Okay. She, well, she clocks Alize as being a um, bit dour, which is unreasonable. And she kind of makes fun of her being so sad. And then Alize just immediately, has a, snaps, immediately at snaps at her. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. You are young. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, cool. There's some life in you yet. Just hold on to that. Um, after they get caught up, she's... She she does demonstrate, in her way, a little bit of upsetness that uh, Yishtola's soul has been plucked, and, she's, and she offers to help us without any hot nonsense this time. Yeah, no, no special wh- dungeons. <laughs> Kryl tries to search for their souls once again using the uh, relic, 
and uh, and it's very weird. Their their threads are just snipped off. They but stop. Like, but not like they're dead. No, like they are somewhere. But just the threads end somewhere. That's like, like you're audi- editing an audio waveform, and somebody just cut half of it, and it's like there should be more here. <laughs> yeah, very weird. Their souls have gone somewhere, and the lines are connected, but you just can't follow them. Nope, it's pretty weird. Um, with this information, we do Matoya deduces that because their bodies breathe and that their souls exist somewhere, but we just can't we do, we have to just keep looking i guess and we can't use that um that rules out i mean it rules out a great deal of places that their soul can't be which is to say anywhere anywhere we know <laughs> anywhere we know of um so uh before we can think too much about it um a link pro message from lease comes in containing news that there are popularis defectors with Alphino approaching Al Amigo, or no, news, about news about Alphino? I, yeah, I did not write complete notes there, but yeah, when, uh, I was like, "That's not right." No, I was going to say though. I mean, like you know, my personal theory. Have you ever heard of the, the Hollow Earth hypothesis? I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I def- I'm just saying. What if inside this world is a whole different world on the underside? Oh, that's Final Fantasy IX. Okay, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers for that 1999 game. Uh, <laughs> that came out in 1999. <laughs> Yeah, don't think about it too hard. Oh. The following quest is a Defector's Ow. Tidings. <laughs> a Defector's Tidings. Okay. Yeah, they're being led by our boy Maxima. Inside Alamigo, yes, we are met with Maxima, Lise, and Roban. After um, they're all yelled at, after he's being yelled at by Alice, who is upset about Alfino, and tell yeah, us about like, Alfino right Ma- now. Maxima is like, he was fine when I left him, and she's like, he was fine when you left him? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> He he decided to he explains about the shadow hunter and the mercenaries and how Alfino said actually I'm gonna hang out with these dorks, um, which is just like him, right? And so like and so Maxima and the rest decided to defect and uh, the the popularis and so they've been all across the empire in like a, a long and arduous voyage. It sounds like that evading suck. evading capture, hearing terrible things, including that an entire rebel army was destroyed, which is the thing that we saw with the mm-hmm. black rose. Met, uh, right as we make plans to divulge the news about uh, the souls, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, so, oh, and R-K. also that a bunch of troops are being uprooted from their usual posts and sent west. Oh, so yeah. the Empire is preparing for some kind of front against the Aorazine Alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. And then we're like, oh, yeah, about their souls. Ring, ring. ring we get ring. another goddamn vision. <laughs> it's not a vision, baby. It's a call. It's a call. Okay, Throw it's a wide call. the gates. Like, yes, oh god we, we've get it i've seen a lot of star trek i understand how weird metaphors work we yeah. need to throw wide the gates but nobody fell over i we- remember when data got possessed by those weird masks oh my god nobody fell over though this time so that's weird yeah we're good yeah yeah we're definitely good let's go tell lord hean about the weapon um uh and alfino fabulous uh and news of alfino and so we make it back to the kian Khan in domain enclave the Shayla and Conjun emissaries. Wow, I spelled emissaries with three S's, an X, and a Z. Wow, what, what was I? <laughs> I think that was intentional. I just, I'm confused. I must have been tired. Uh, they've gathered, as well as some of the allies from uh, Dalmasca and Naxia, just some NPCs. There's just people who are there. And everything's so triumphant feeling. We're getting a new alliance underway, and everything will be fine. Yeah, we just got to put up this barrier. Yes, he gets the news and informs us that he still can't help until that damn wall is up. So let's go test it out. And Alice calls it like, "Let's get the energy barrier up." And he's like, "Do we have to call it an energy barrier? Can't we call it something cool and like legendary, like 
Sirius Aegis. So yes, it's called Sirius Aegis now. All right. All right, kiddo. Okay, so Sirius Wall is the <laughs> next quest. It's not even called Sirius Aegis. It's called Sirius Wall. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Start may- the generator. We make it to the burn, and there's a cool little techno babble moment there with the barrier going all the way up. So and it's like, oh, and it node tooth radar online. Lots of two thousand yams tall and stable. Yep, lots of lots of honeycombs, lots of cool looking honeycombs in the sky. And Delicious. It, immediately, a Garlean airship oh, perfect shows timing. up and crashes into it. Oh, wonderful! Let's see if this works. Bonk! Bonk <laughs> into it and starts falling. Zap zap! And, and he is like, like Man, "I wish it had blown up." <laughs> that would have been great if it had exploded. But then, who should step off that ship but a mysterious Garlean holding a lifeless looking Alphino in his hands? It's like, boy, glad it didn't blow up after wow, all. Wow! Wow, Hian. <laughs> It's like, Jesus. okay, drop the barrier immediately again. Fine, drop the barrier. LSA almost runs headfirst into it. And it <laughs> Not looks, a good idea. And it looks like, so one, Alphano got his soul sucked out. And two, Damn. I finally get to meet the Shadowhunter for the first time, and I look at his mask, and oh my god, it's Gaius von Belsar. It's a day for fated reunions, he says. We best twist down. ever. <laughs> you loved this. I love this so much. Gaius is the best. Yeah, and yeah, we knew we saw his we saw his mask before, but it was nice that they kind of gave it to us like that, um, because every, yeah, the Warrior of Light calls him out, and everyone's like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> Nobody is happy about this. Yeah, and so we're like, "Hey, so what happened? You were in the cast room. It blew up, and he was like, I got myself out via willpower yeah. because I was consumed by vengeance.' But except that, like. Okay, so so he's gonna dump some. He's become an Asian hunter because he's like he wants revenge now. Basically, the yeah. Asians got all the people under his command killed with their stupid plot, and he's and he realized that they manipulated him and that they need to be destroyed, and so he now has a real vendetta against them, and. We get a lot of info dumped here, you know, like yeah. stuff we probably, I probably could have picked up on if I was paying attention, like how the blast, black masked Asians serve the red masks, but the red masks have their yes. own internal hierarchy, yada, yada, yada. Uh-huh. There's a La Habrea who's dead, Elidibus in the white robes, and Emmett Selch, who I think we've seen in a cut scene. But Emmett Selch. Character, Emmett Selch. We only saw him in the, the kind of like... The very the de- they had that dedicated cutscene for La Habrea, Elidibus, and Emmett Selk, about whom little is known. Yes. Uh, yep. We we don't know. And, and um and also like that Xenos is being possessed by Elidibus, which we might have known. Likely, yeah. But also at this point, I started calling him Elidibus. Okay. Um, that's pretty but, good. And and there's a thing that Gaius says here. Which yeah. is that, like, that he was driven in his initial campaign against Eorzea. Yeah. Because of how, like, you know, he, like, because, like, because of the way that, like, the, the primals and worship and, and all of that, like, manipulated people and, like, and, like, that people sort of, like, blind drive cause great destruction, right? Yeah. But he recognizes that in doing so, he allowed himself to be manipulated by higher power in the form of the Asians, which resulted in a blind drive that resulted in great destruction and everyone who was under his command getting killed. Interesting parallel. It, it's a really very self-reflective turn for someone who continues to be like one of the smartest characters in this plot. I'm not joking. He appears oh, he's act- incredible. He's great. No, every, yeah. He thinks about things. This is, it is so nice to have someone who thinks about these things. Yeah, he recognizes that it was Asians all along <laughs> and the clues were there and just because you didn't see it doesn't <laughs> mean the clues weren't there <laughs> and it's also like hey like i i got fooled into falling to the exact same trap i thought other people were falling into and that's on me yeah absolutely um so he also mentions that emperor solace it, they found a cloning facility and emperor solace has been cloned indefinitely and he's possibly ruining 
ruling from behind. So there's a bunch of questions here. Is this all the work of Asians? Is this the work? Is the Asians the will of the emperor? You know, who's who's really in charge? Um, and with that, he takes off, remarking uh, that our strength of will and restraint were much superior to his at their previous encounter. Much sort of sort of humbling himself before us. Um, and we uh, we know we don't forgive him or forget what he did, but we are grateful that he returned Alphano to us. Also, um, he and Alphano destroyed the Black Rose factory. Yes, they did. Um, that's pretty important. They bought us some time um, by destroying a production of Black Rose. Okay, um, and then he's like, I'm off to kill more Asians. Until next time. Yep. And then he and drops the biggest, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've ever Let's get Alphano back and settled. Oh, that was a lot. Let's go to Del. <laughs> just. Okay. Okay, so the barrier is up. Now the Domans can contribute to the front forming on the west on the east edge of Eorzea and Alamigo. And this is finally where Heen is like, some of our people can teleport there, but most of them need to go on boats. So we'll get the ones who can teleport there over as quick as possible and we'll load the rest of them on boats we get from the trading company. And I was like, finally, someone talks about the fact that like logistics are very different when a lot of people can just warp across the planet. Yeah. <laughs> We um yeah that's kind of that uh, after that we get a nice meanwhile back at the rose black rose chemical plant uh, production still on yeah. schedule Varus is inspecting the damage but an anime scientist says the new plant is almost done yes Solus slyly uh, from the side negs his grandson some more and it's just like, oh, like oh, oh you're almost is, doing good this <laughs> weapon is awesome and evil well he's like oh, silent now I think of it he mentioned something about the black rose possessing the perfect aspect to himself. Oh, and okay. a deluge of light has been worked upon the ether and the source. Interesting. Nonsense. I don't know what that means. Surely it's nonsense. Varys then calls him out for causing harm to the Empire uh, with his ignorance, reminding Solus about the uh, Civil War. And then why the fuck would we any listen? Why would anyone listen to him? And then Solus is like, you were not putting this together. So let yeah, me make like this that was the point. <laughs> I you. explicitly left the Empire in disarray when I died so that that way there would be chaos. It's that what I do. The perfect time to leave, actually. Um, the Empire was built to throw the world in disarray. Why would? Why should the Empire be excluded, right? And uh, Varys is really pissed about this. And and and, <laughs> and Emmett Selk's like, oh, thanks for the bods, by the way. They're pretty good. Saves me a lot of time. All right. <laughs> Bye. Which, like, okay, so so did... Was Varys cloning the soulless bodies on his own? Or did Emmett Selk tell him to? Or I don't know if it matters. Um. So Emmett... So Varys... I mean, the, he was experimenting with the Allegan cloning technology and thought... Just clone Solus? So the, the, the perfect person to experiment on would be his uh, dying grandsire, I guess. Okay. I don't know. It, it, may, it may not matter that much. Okay. Just because maybe he already knew it was an ass. He was like, well, let's just do this, I guess. Yes. Probably to the front lines. Is our, probably on so the there's front a lot lines to quest. unpack here about sort of what the Asians want, but not so much why they want it as of yet. Yes. They, they're, they're making explicit what they want, not why they want it. They want chaos. Yes. Uh, parlay on the front lines is the upcoming quest. Eorzea's leaders are meeting in the, with the, in the locks in advance of the assault, um, and we are to join them for a parlay in the locks. We catch Lise and Raban up on all the tidings. Lise helpfully repeats it all. Um, and um, we also get word that at this parlay, um, the one and only Emperor Varus is, is here going himself. to be talking to, to us in person. That is huge. We haven't seen him since the Sea of Clouds randomly. Right. <laughs> that was weird. That was so weird. That's still why weird. Why was like, he there? Why was... It's just like the president. 
President Joe Biden just showing up in the Black Hills when you're fucking, okay. you're fucking touring. You're like, oh my anyway, god. Anyway, we're like, okay, well, so so he's agreed to our parlay, but we can't trust him. We need to stall for time so that more people can get here. And also, he's asked that he's asked that all the leaders of the Alliance states be there, and also a member of the Science of the Seventh Don be there, and also the Warrior of Light be there. So yeah, we're, just, great. we're all going to be the at list. The table. Cool, very convenient. Mm-hmm. Parlay, parlay. Pale, pale. We can't do. We can't do Pirates of the Caribbean. Shows. It's 2023. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> we are um, at a long table, and Varus sits down across from us. It's like it's, a, it's so like funny. a ten v one. All all of the all of the leaders are lined up on one side, like principal, like kids at the principal's office, and then Varus just walks in and sits at the other side. <laughs> Like ten out of eleven dentists agree, Crest is good for you, and Varus is that eleventh dentist. And Varus walks in and is like, "Okay, you wanted to parlay, talk." And Nanamo is the first to speak, and credit to her, not intimidated whatsoever. God, I love her. She she, she points out that subjugation is clearly unsustainable, and you should probably stop. You yeah, end like, with you. If if you fight this war, you might win, and then you'll just dominate this land, and then there'll be more rebellions, and more people will die, and you'll never control it. So what are you doing? Varus points out that there are still rebellions under the Arzine Alliance because of the Beastmen stuff. Fair point, I guess. But yeah, like, like Marvel keeps trying to... <laughs> at some point in... Well, no, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. I mean, this is all... This, this whole... All of this is sort of intentionally placed after the reveal about Asians and stuff. Yes. On purpose, because like, obviously he's talking out of his ass. Yeah. Right? And like, and like there's like, there's a lot of back and forth here in which like Varus is like, I just want to unite the world under one banner. Then everything will be, be, be peaceful and orderly. And Raban and Lisa are like under your rule, everything is terrible and everyone, everything sucks and people die and suffer. And we go back and forth like this a couple I, good listen, times. Yeah. And they don't actually point out that, Imperial summoning, summoning still technically happened under Imperial rule. Yeah, that too. Like, Susano was summoned by the Red Kojin, who were your guys. That was you. And uh, they were under you, and um, the Kalyana as well summoned Lakshmi. Um, I get, well, just because he took it back doesn't mean it wasn't Emperor, Imperial rule. He could have spun that. And, and but like, they just didn't decide to do that. There's a couple other points here also, like, um, like Emmerich tries to make a good faith argument about against blindly following your ideals, and he's like, look, my dad tried to follow his ideals, and and like, and like Ishgard and the dragons were at war for thousands of years, and it just sucked, and everybody died, and no one was happy, and Varus was like, yes, and then you won that fight by killing their leader, so what's the argument you're making here? Fair and, point. Well, I mean, and then Merlewib is like, my land is also a land of outcasts like yours. They were driven from their homes, but from those humble beginnings, we grow and flourish without depriving others of their liberty. That's not And my true. note says, aren't you all pirates? And then Varys says, aren't you all pirates? <laughs> You're all pirates, and the kobolds are not happy about that. That beast tribe thing again. Um, yeah, so we did... Um, it's like everyone gets their argument, and all of them are bad. He he points out a little bit of history. Garlemald was subjugated in the lands kind of to the south. For not having magic, not Garlemald itself, but like the Garlean the people, people. Mm-hmm. they were they were subjugated for not being able to use magic. Um, and once they were driven out of the lush lands of, I believe, I mean, southern Ilsebard, basically maybe Corvos, I don't know. But with the energy source, they were they well they 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 were driven north to the frozen wastes, but they found through mining uh, ceruleum, and then with this new energy source, they were able to blast everyone with guns instead of magic, basically. <laughs> So they uh, started. Kill- they said, "Fuck it!" Started killing everyone in the intermission. Well, we yeah, took an so, intermission because yeah, at this point, Alice is like, "Um, this is not going the way I thought it would." So can we just like take a recess and then come back and try this again? And Varus is like, "Okay." 
Okay, sure. We point out three things, basically. We talk to some leaders and we say, okay, one, the fervent belief in Garlemald is fucking hypocritical. Like, it's clearly its own religion, and they're they're setting something up. <laughs> like, it's not it's not any different, And but we can't really point that out. Uh, two, we don't really know much else about the Empire. Like, just, like, we we finally learned that tiny bit of history now, you know? And that was a complaint you had about Realm Reborn mm-hmm. from the beginning, and they intentionally kept it kind of that obscure way, yeah so that so that we wouldn't know and then we would just yeah it would drive the mission forward um and that's on that puts that puts him on edge and is defensive so um and then the third thing is that uh oh no the third thing is that he's on edge and he's defensive and so he's not going to give us give us what we want he's not actually here to negotiate in good faith he wants something else and we're like how do we figure out what he's actually so here like, for yeah. and the answer we arrive at is what, what if, if we, we just, just ask him why he's actually here <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, so we try again, and Nanamo immediately apologizes uh, for everyone standing up for themselves after he accuses them of, of a bunch of so, uh, a bunch of bullshit because, like, it's all a lot. Everyone knows it's a lie, and that the Garlean Empire is, sucks. Like, we all know about the Asians, but we can't bring it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, Rabana's like, "Okay, why are you expanding beyond your homeland?" Yeah, and it's like he and it's like you say it's the icon eradication thing, but that doesn't add up because. Before the Empire, summoning wasn't even that widespread, and you conquered your way down to the Burn, which means you went through a lot of lands that didn't summon to reach the desert where all the summoning happened. So, like, that sounds like kind of an excuse. And he... I'm like, what's up? Ferris is like, finally, you ask the right question. And he's just he's so <laughs> excited to finally just go off. Yeah. And, oh, oh boy, we get a lot of weird stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Um, for starters, he wants to unite mankind as one race again, yeah, he, which is so the Ver- first time. Yeah, that- Varys' goal is a bit regressive. He said, he calls it returning the world to what it wants, returning mankind to a whole state. It is kind of the first time that we're discussing the different humanoid races of this game through almost like a racial framework and not just sort of like a factional framework. It's not just like, oh, you've got the the Aura over here and they don't like the the humans over here because of this or that. No, it's it's like actually got like some it is interesting to see it discussed as this idea that like, you know, that there like is some sort of like uniting into a sort of master race that he even thinks could happen and would be desirable, which is not how this world has thought about this stuff previously. Right, right, right. It's very weird. Yeah, so uh, he's totally just on board with the Asians' plan, basically. <laughs> except <laughs> except, except for that he thing. wants to control it. He wants to control it. So he's trying to be, he's trying to be what's his name, Thornton. Yes, he is trying he's to trying advance. to play the Asians at their own game. Yes, he is exactly. It is exactly Thornton. And I, like, I had that note also. Yeah, and Emmerich's like, uh, I'm going to make another parallel to my dad again here. <laughs> it didn't work. He's like, look, like the we have been sundered into many races, and that's why when we look at each other, we see we feel hatred and we wage war. Mm-hmm. The peace that you all seek is a fleeting solution to a deeper problem. We have to rejoin everything. I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, this is just a cult. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, pretty much. That's a that's a whole lot of belief in an Asian. Weird. Yeah, Dinamo's like, aren't those the goals of the Asians? And Varus is like, yes, but the Asians are using us as pawns, and instead, I am going to take control of the process, and then it is mankind that will control its own destiny. And it's like, oh, okay. It sounds like mankind is you, and then its own is a different everyone else of mankind. Yes. Dinamo like, ends up preaching here, proving that she's once again she she makes a good line about you know overcoming our more baser instincts with through forming of bonds with others and becoming a community is sort of uh having a community as sort of a greater existence 
And then... she, she's like, you are not fit to rule. Like, if mm. you are not able to embrace the diversity of the people under your stewardship, then you are not fit to rule. Which Love is... Her. So good. Nanamo is the best. Nanamo is excellent. Nanamo would be an actually a, a, an actual good head of state. Yeah, well, she's been through a lot. <laughs> she, she's made some bad choices and learned. Nanamo's the best. Nanamo's the best. And it's like, okay, um, negotiation's over, I guess. <laughs> yep. Prepare for battle. Yeah, okay. Like, we like, all yeah, leave. No, we're not going to join your totalitarian regime, I guess. Sucks. It's okay. like, well, you're starting it. It's like, we're really not. <laughs> okay. The face of war. Next quest. We are to accompany the Doman contingency, sort of, I guess. The Doman irregulars, basically. Yeah. We're in this battle because they're they're unfamiliar. Um, and the rest of the alliance will do whatever they want on the battlefield, whatever. It's somewhere in the locks, like between Alamigo and the rest of Il Sabard. Um LSA, before we get started in this dungeon, says, don't you dare leave me alone and stuff. We have we have to get through this together. And I was like, cool. Thanks for jinxing it. <laughs> That's great. Hate that. Don't say that. We got to get through it together. We got to get through it together. Don't you dare, though. But like, well, great. Okay. We rush through this battlefield, and it looks It's the rough. dungeon. Fire it's, and it's, carnage it, everywhere. Yes. Dungeon is the Gimlet Dark, the last dungeon of Stormblood. Ooh, we're almost done. Boss number one, pizza pie magic tech guy. <laughs> that's yeah. My, he spins a, around and goes thonk. This is, I, I don't know if it's the first one. Maybe there was one in the Royal City of like, uh, I don't know. But like this thing? is just I don't rotating think I've seen this pizza before. pie mechanic. I have not seen the rotating Maybe, like, I don't know. But he before. just, he cleaves off and then he has like rotates and you have to like move. Oh yeah, no, you have. Um, It was Construct 8. Construct 8 did it. When, in? In, in Gaug. Oh, okay. In the, in the in the lighthouse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. well, you were dead both times, so you didn't have to. Do I didn't it really. Pay you, okay, you, you did bad, but <laughs> sure, that did happen. I was like, "There's one more," but yeah. Um, boss number two, Tunnel Man. He dick tunnel. It's like it's like a like an old like old timey. I love whenever the Guardians looks like weird like old timey hot rods. Yeah, like <laughs> like this one is also like really good at burrowing. It burrows tunnel and then it makes hole in wall and you must dodge tunnel hole. And then the boss number three is some other less interesting twins. The, the, the twins in blue and red. Yep. Yep. Uh, they uh, do the, zippy zappy stuff across the field. They zippy zappy and we kill them both. And then they smoke bomb away. And they smoke bomb away, <laughs> I guess. Hey, cool. Looks like, like we won the battle. Yay, we won the battle. Um, call- <laughs> ring, ring, bitches. <laughs> yep. We like Al- Alice, Heen, and Yugiri rush up to us and then all of a sudden it hits us. Ring, ring. And Alice is like, no, not now. Not now. Yeah, and exactly now. The light will expunge all life. Only you throw wide the gates. LSA crumples over. Yeah. and as, It's almost as if she jinxed it. Yeah, she did jinx it. Gosh, dang it. And it's like, okay, off to the infirmary with her as well. Do we have any beds left? Yeah, okay, well, we did it. Now the scions are mostly out of commission, except Kryle. Uh, this is ass. We take her back to the Rising Stones, and we have to talk to Hori Boulder now because everyone else is under. <laughs> so we got to dig. Funny. We got to dig deep for those deep cut in- for NPCs. Any named character: Coltonet, <laughs> Hori Boulder, Isilud, or whatever. So the we gram- retreat, Grandpa. So we retreat back. Meanwhile, Zenos is like marching among the troops, preparing for the counteroffensive. The following quest is a, a brief, brief reprieve. reprieve. We are visited by Maxima in plain clothes, looking for Alphano. Uh, bad news, <laughs> but he yeah. will, he also explains that he will gladly gladly bear the ignominy being marked a traitor. He's even full though, defector yeah, at this point, like, showing this, everything this, he knows. This sucks. It's like yeah, life sucks, but like this is right. Like, no one no one trusts me, and I can't do anything. And he's like, I've got another acquaintance with me, and I was like, who could it be? And he takes us out oh, the airship, oh, yeah. and it's Sid. It's always yeah, we Sid. Vaguely say it's, there's somebody vague, and he's like, okay, well, yeah, there's an airship, and it's clearly it's Sid because um, he can't teleport. 
anyway, uh, we recap what happened with everything, and he's like, "Wow, that's wild! Wow, isn't that isn't that wild?" Well, we are. Sid then- is like, "You know what I took from this? I'm more committed than ever to freedom through technology." And I was like, "That's your takeaway from this? Okay, rad. <laughs> All right, <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, um, an emissary from uh, the Orzin Alliance comes in. We're summoned to Alamigo, and we have this nifty airship to travel by. That's definitely not faster than teleporting, but I guess we'll we'll save the one K gill." Oh, we could use the airship? Yeah. I just teleported. <laughs> new new quest objective. I click on the thing over on the right, and it shows me where it is. I click the nearest blue crystal. I thought it was, like, automatic. I didn't even... I don't think it's automatic. I'm I pretty like sure I, I just teleported. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the cutscene actually takes us there, but that Maybe was a funny Maybe it does. Bit. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe it does. Anyway, if I ruined your bit, I'm sorry. No, I don't remember. I, I tried to, okay. Anyway, a requiem for heroes. We need to be with Roban. Okay. Um, the right. next quest is a requiem for heroes. The next quest is a requiem for heroes. That's true. At the Alliance HQ, we're hit with a solo duty, and we get the dreaded cutscene warning for the third time. A lot of cutscenes this episode. At this point, um, so like, so, so we've been gaining ground slowly along the border, which is probably because the Empire hasn't really committed all their forces, and the Emperor himself has gone back to Garlemald. Yeah. So we're considering an offensive to kind of just push the line in, when all of a sudden we get word that the Imperials just uh, mounted an offensive to push the line in <laughs> the other direction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and at this, I have a note here that says, at this point, you make a, a very good called shot. <laughs> What did I say? You said, man, wouldn't it be funny if we got sucked away, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry for spoiling. You know it's happening, but like you called it pretty quick. We're about to press on, but Lord Xenos has broken the defenses. Um, but once we get to, surely we can beat him. And we get a little bit of a, 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 a gate a gate calling again, but it doesn't take us away quite yet. Yeah, but it was like, it'd be, it was like oh, like we're just teleported to some other mystical realm, and then we get to spend like the next whoever many quests there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. That'd be it. Well, yeah, you didn't, you're still right. But mm-hmm. meanwhile, at the border of Alamigo, we get a Hien duty. We take control of him, a little samurai, and we get a 1v1 Xenos fight, and we have to fight until, um, let's, let's see, the quest objective is uh, uh, hold your ground until the Warrior of Light arrives. Zero out of 100, Warrior of Light's timely arrival gauge. It's so funny. <laughs> That's very funny. With the crown prince barely kind of de- bravely delayed by our friends, that solo duty is cute. You just yeah, you, you do fight your little Mateen, samurai thing, and then like, and then Xenos traps Heen in some evil red energy. Oh yeah, then yeah, Elise yeah. kicks him out with a here it comes, here it comes, and gets trapped herself, and then Yugiri saves her with with a big ninja limit break, uh, and we arrive just in time to fight Xenos. Um, Xenos is voice actor like this whole time. I want to give props to him because he does an excellent job of sounding like Elidibus possessing Xenos. Yeah, which is really like how do you, that's that's professional. He it's a, it's a good sort of like imitation is the right word. It's a good evocation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is like yeah, it does sort of sound like Xenos slightly mocking Elidibus, like <laughs> he's enunciating a bit more and like talking about all this stupid light and dark nonsense. Um, uh, but he, sa- he sounds crazy in a different way as opposed to just bloodthirsty uh props that's not easy we beat him up but he gets immediately revived because he's an Asian, which is annoying and then we um he blasts us with energy again and then i my note says this motherfucking voice hits us yet again ring ring bitches <laughs> avon avon lady 
<laughs> yeah, and someone like someone calls to us, and Zildabis lifts his sword up and prepares to decapitate us while we're on the ground, and then boom, Zenos we're in the also, void. Well, Zildabis also says, "Oh, you're being called. That's weird." Oh yeah, he immediately knows why did why did everyone know about this except us? The only, Asians only, knew about it. Only Connie Sena knew about only it. Only Senna and Elidibus knew about it. Okay. Um. So this is something that does exist. Connie was right. Um. And Zenos, I guess, strikes us down. We. But we we end up awake in what looks like the Adler Planetarium in downtown Chicago, and we are greeted by its lovely curator, a weird, uh, mysterious, hooded figure with crystallized skin. And he's an enigmatic figure. He's very yeah. enigmatic He's got a big staff. Um, we're pretty pissed. We're like, <laughs> we've, we scowl at him, and we tell him to send us back, but he's like, uh, y'all... And, Whatever condescend- you do is doomed. Cond- condescendingly explains that that war is meaningless. Um but that battle is over and we're, we're fine. Whatever. Um, he says he needs us where he is, wherever that is. Doesn't really explain. He says that he left a beacon at the crystal tower that will help us on our journey. It's like, I, I'm afraid there's no time. There's a beacon at the base of the tower. Find it. And I will take care of the rest. Soon. We will throw wide the gates, wide the gates and the path to the first will be yours to walk at last. Hmm. And you know, now I'm not going to, I'm not going to presume to know any spoilers here. But I know that a name for an expansion in this game is Endwalker, and he's talking about walking something. So huh. I assume that we're going to, I assume at some point we're going to walk the thing. <laughs> we're going to walk the dog. <laughs> we're going to walk, walk the end. We're going to walk that duck. We're going to walk that duck. <laughs> My knees are too bad to walk that duck. And then we're, <laughs> and then we're back in bed in Ishgard. <laughs> yeah, we're awake. I'm awake without sunglasses. Yeah, I'm awake without glasses. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> they really reserve those moments for special times. Mm-hmm. Um. And a young Elysian woman looks after us. She's like, holy shit, runs out. He's awake. Emmerich runs in with a very handsome smile and seems very pleased to see us conscious. Um, we don't get a chance to explain what happened to him. He just kind of says, hey, uh, turns out a certain someone jumped, wink, wink, into our rescue. And I was like, who was that? Oh, it's a Stinian. It's a Stinian. Somebody with the ability us. to appear randomly from the sky. Who else, he, he, who else could possibly do it? He's just been watching us this whole time. That's been his behavior this expansion, just sort yes. of watching out in the sidelines and, and jumping in to save us. He's been a little guardian angel. Um, Xenos, Z- Zilidibus seemingly retreated after this rescue. It was just, I don't know, seemed not worth it anymore. And we're not really sure why, but the remaining Imperial forces pulled back. Um, I think, I think it's because his job was to, I don't know, something about that. Yeah. And so like, and also Emmerich has a message where to go back to the rising stone. Some of our friends want to be, are we waiting for us there? Yeah. And we're like, okay, we'll go. And as on our way out, you know, Count Edmond greets us. Mm -hmm. We're beset by him who is grateful to see us alive. Just offers some nice platitudes and an update on Artorel's deployment. Good for him. To the front. To the front and uh, sends us off. The final cutscene. We go to the Rising well, Stones. Too. It's a whole crowd inside. It's it's Tataru. It's Hori Boulder. It's, it's Coltonet. Others. It's, uh, it's uh, Alliance. I can't remember her name. Amelia? Uh, no, no, no. Alliance. Something you like know, that. You know, those other members of the Scion we spent lots of time with. Yeah. Uh, Tataru cries. It's the sweetest thing ever. It is very she, sweet. She's finally asking the right question. What was it? What <laughs> so, the heck is going on? So we explain. Yeah, like the others must be... Uh, there's this guy who's calling to us and she says that there's some disaster happening and we 
and we need to get back to the Crystal Tower. She deduces that because that's the voice you heard, the others must be with him. So we should probably find him out and do what he says so we can get our allies back. Wh- so we can defeat that fucking Elidibus with the white orosite and whatever. Which, and I also have a note here, I'm sure it's only here because this came up in conversation between you and me, uh, completely unrelated, like four days ago. Mm-hmm. But she was like, the quote, win or lose, the path you walk leads only to oblivion, sounds kind of like what was going on in Netflix's original series, Dark. Oh, wow! Yeah, I haven't still haven't seen it. That that show ends up being about trying to escape like um perpetually fucked cycles of fate. That sounds cool. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, anyway, to, we need to, to go. We to, need to go get everyone's souls back. Yeah. Well, to um sort of canonically explain the delay between Stormblood and Shadowbringer. Stormblood. I don't know. Why I said it like that. Uh, Tataro and others have to spend some time figuring out how to get into the Crystal Tower. Oh, okay. Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, we got we got to wait like, six months for for Shadowbringers to come out. Okay, you know the war front will just wait. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the Imperial, well, it's the, the fighting stopped because oh, yeah, they yeah. lost. In, okay. The, the, meanwhile, at the Imperial Palace, they're arguing about a little rumor that had the demon has started, and thus Varus has uh, about that demon that you know we started with the with the with the Shinobi and whatever. Oops, was that? Did we do that? Did we that there's a demon in the crown prince's body and everyone's perpetuating it and then Varus had to call everyone back? And Varus is also like, how did you fail at killing the warrior of light yet again? <laughs> he, uh, Varus mentions, he's like, whatever, next time it won't get away. Or Elidibus, whatever. And then Varus says, man must choose his own fate, blah, blah, blah. And I am man and his own is actually everyone's. Elidibus does not dignify this megalomania with any response and just leaves. And also known as an idea where solace is. Yeah um yeah you know, no what the fuck why would i know where he is and then one of our anime scientists comes in and is like sire the black rose is ready for production once more and we get this pan over Varus's face and we get this weird like dark effect that like mm-hmm. makes him look very scary and it's like okay he i grins. guess he's, he he's grins really, into the camera and he goes he's really jazzed do it do it deploy the black rose. kill him do it and on that note credits roll and then Anakin's like, shit. <laughs> Anakin cuts off Count Dooku's head. Who's Credits the Anakin, roll. Who's the Anakin Skywalker of this game? Not Gaius. That's for damn Gaius sure. Gaius is like a reverse Anakin. Yeah. Charlie and Forum question for next week. Who's the Anakin Skywalker <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV? No. Uh, no. Credits roll. Uh, we get our new outfit. Thanks, Hataro. And there's uh, another cutscene about... Fine, one, third cutscene. Spoilers. Sorry. Um, not spoilers. What? Go away. Anyway, if the you're real, this the real Zenos. Boys, I hope you're not listening to this podcast. Yeah, the so I don't know time. why. Yeah, uh, the real Xenos in that Elysian body is out um, at the Gim- Gimlet Dark. Like, damn it! One, what? Keep missing us. Shoot! Damn it! Oh well. It, he wants his body back. If the C plot for the next expansion is going to be Xenos's soul in this other body, just constantly trying to track down his real body and trying up a little bit too late, that's actually really funny. <laughs> Dang <laughs> it! <laughs> Missed him again. I'll get him next time. Shucks. Cuts to us standing upon a crystalline edge in Mardana, looking up at the crystal tower and feet. We contemplate what's next. Um, we did. Since we're at eighty-four minutes, we're not going to do a live reaction. To the Shadowbringers. We have, we have places to be in real yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did watch it. Um, and before I got, before he did watch it, I got his thoughts about what Shadowbringers was. He said, Alex very funnily said, this guy's taking our friend's souls, right? And there's a beacon. Maybe we're using that beacon to bring in a new faction of people to fight the Garlean army. Perhaps they're all shadows <laughs> and we bring them in. <laughs> That's my guess. <laughs> That's a good guess. Uh, we'll see if it's right on the next episode when we talk about five point. Oh, the first 
section of it. We're doing it. That's very exciting. We're finally headed into Shadowbringers. Goodbye, Stormblood. We loved you. I, good I enjoy, expansion. I good. enjoyed Stormblood quite a bit. Very good expansion. People say this is the worst expansion, which makes me think either the bar is really high for the next two, or I evaluate things differently than other people. I don't know. I like it more than Heaven's Word. Okay, yeah, I, I think I do too. I do too. It's it's just cleaner. Um, there's there's some iffy moments, but whatever. Um, I liked it. The um, especially the pa- the post patch content is. Oh, it's so all been real it's good. So good. It's so good. Um, the. Next thing we want to take care of, um, if you are um, astute and noticing in each episode's description, there is a link to all of our socials and our Discord. In our Discord, every episode, well, every episode, well, not every episode, right? For the past like three episodes, I've asked a question. I've asked a question, and this is that question. It's the segment we like to call the Charlian Forum. Forum is in session, and the question I asked for this session pertaining to sort of a subplot was, we've all been on dating apps these days trying to make love happen, right? And we've all been young and silly, and it doesn't always happen according to plan. Any, what has been, you know, we've all been there sort of in embarrassing moments or awkward things happening on dates, bad rejection, maybe ghosted, maybe you came on a bit too strong, maybe something just went wrong that was out of your control, um, and but you still had fun? Share with us some sort of dating fail, and I assured the listeners we would return the favor. There was one response that was uh, that was sent to us because you know which is better than zero. But like by by senior bud links that I want to highlight. Uh, thank you very much for sending this in. Uh, he talks about his first ever boyfriend. There were a lot of like little reasons, but like the main reason he likes to tell people because it's funny is that he used the colon three face way too much. <laughs> And that bothered him so much that he wanted to break up with him. <laughs> um, and I, <laughs> to this day, he still thinks of him anytime someone uses the colon three and gets a little, Ugh. it's like, man, he used it. And I was like, man, he did use it every sentence. <laughs> um, for me, I want to share my, my story. Yes. You do yours and then I've got one. Okay. Too. Yeah. 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 Um, so um, the, the second guy that I ever like ended up kind of dating somewhat seriously there, our first date, uh, we went to go, this is, man, this was, I want to say the year 2009. Um, we went to go see District 9. Wow. <laughs> Remember that flick? Oh, boy. <laughs> Remember when people liked Neil Blomkamp? <laughs> no, my God. Well, here's the thing. We went, and then we went to the AMC in Roseville. Was it the AMC in Roseville? I don't remember what what theater it was in Roseville, but we went there, um, and we... Um, got there the ticket guy told us you know number 10 on our left and we get there and there's a whole lot of action happening like a whole lot and i was like man is this just one of those movies like quentin tarantino where like everything you just get thrust in and then explained afterwards we kind of sit there for 10 minutes and then the movie's over <laughs> and we know you the just, ending to district nine you just you just walked in we just walked into the ending because we were told the wrong theater oh my was, god he t- he meant to t- he told us the wrong one so we just like Okay, cool. Well, we just saw the end of District 9, and like we know <laughs> that kind of ruined the whole movie because it's like, oh, well, now we kind of know how this all ends. I don't really have to spoil District 9 for y'all, but we were. So we went back, and we are just like, hey, that was the wrong theater, and we just saw the ending. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, you can go to the other one. 
you can wait to this next show and you can come in for free. I was like, do we want to? No, like, I don't, we just, I don't think you understand. We just saw the ending. Like, I would like our money back. (laughs) So we got our money back (laughs) because the fucking asshole wasn't paying attention to the show times. Uh, It was funny. Like, we laughed, we laughed about it for, you know, as long as we were dating. (laughs) Anytime we went to see another movie, it's like, hope this one doesn't just be the end. But that's my story. How about yours? Oh, because this was like six years ago, I want to say. Oh, wow. Okay. Like 2017. Um, I was fairly new in Chicago. I was on dating apps. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I basically like I had connected with this girl on a dating app. I think it was on Tinder. And she was just like, we were chatting. We hit it off. She was like, hey, do you want to go get a drink tonight? And I was like, I was at work. It was like noon. And I was like, sure. Okay. Let's just do this spontaneously. Love that. So she was like, hey, let's like, I know this really trendy bar. Let's go um, get a drink. Let's, let's hang out. And like... Mm-hmm. And like, and have a date. And so I, I left work. I went to the bar. I met her. She was very uh, nice. We, I, I thought we were hitting it off. We were there. We were talking for hours. We were had a couple drinks. Uh-huh. We were like, you know, the, the energy seemed good. And then we, <laughs> but like, and then we, we, like we get up to leave and we call it a night. And we walk outside and she pulls me against a car and is like, kiss me. And so I kissed her. And we made out for like, you know, a little bit. Okay. And then at the end of it, she was like, no, sorry. And then <laughs> left. And that was the end of the date. And I was very befuddled. That didn't even hurt. I wasn't even hurt. That's the thing. It was so weird, weird. that I, I didn't even take it personally. What? I was just like, what, what was that? <laughs> Oh my god. That's one of the weirdest that's dates I've ever been on. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh I couldn't even be hurt by it. I was just like, <laughs> what an experience. That uh, lasted eight hours, start to finish. <laughs> Holy mackerel. I'm glad we got that recorded. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh-huh. We've had a couple we've had a couple of that was a couple of interesting interesting dates we've had yep well that's gonna do it for the charlie and forum why don't we pay the bills baby take us to that market board all right well you know identity theft it is on the rise oh you your neighbor or your dentist have statistically probably been a victim of identity theft in the last 14 days and you might not even know about it i did get my email signed up for 700 mailing lists over the weekend it's, it's an attack service it's a real vulnerability yeah somebody just put my email in 700 and now i have to individually unsubscribe from each of the mailing lists as they come back to me and it's the worst hey that's why lifeblock has your back you know thanks to new laws passed in most jurisdictions lifeblock now has powerful tools to not only protect your identity but take real concrete action when it's compromised Okay. Yeah, just I've got a testimonial here uh, from Marcus A., a 46-year-old scientist from South Dakota. Now, Marcus came home one day to discover that huh. his keys no longer worked in the door. When he went to work at the local university, someone else had, had his job, and even his children didn't recognize him. You see, Marcus's identity had been stolen. Oh. But Marcus was a loyal LifeBlock customer, and those $399 monthly premiums had secured him access to the highest tier of life security. That's quite a premium. Yeah. <laughs> now, thanks to LifeBlock's wide network of enforcement assets and truly sophisticated LLM informational model, even as we speak, Arnold the Fist Jaeger is oh, on no. his way to <laughs> get Marcus's life... Wait! Who are you? How did you get it? How did you get it? Ah! No! Ah! Not the Holy thing. shit! Ah! That's such a huge fist! You you must be Arnie. You must be Arnie. I'm Can I just help here. You? I'm just here for the boy. 
Would you like some tea? No, I'm on the clock. It's, I mean, it's 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 hibiscus. It's really good. I can put some honey in it for you. I do like hibiscus. No, come on, we'll have some tea. All okay. Right. Well, you just we'll take. Wait, well, I, I, gotta... I I need to. I've got these zip ties. I need to get okay. the wrists secured. Okay. Well, you do that, and I'm going to close out this episode, and then we can we can have tea. Oh, are, are you recording? Are, are we on mic now? We, um, no, actually, I we just had taken a little break, um, to just to talk about life stuff but apparently <laughs> he wasn't who i thought he was so good okay. thing he didn't i will be over here with the tea yeah yeah absolutely no no you just do it. we got there i'm gonna hit the record button um and there we go okay so just yeah just be quiet over there and then right i'll just edit this out cool great Okay, well, that's going to do it um, for this episode of Storm Buds. Uh, we really appreciate everyone for listening, sharing, and reading and reviewing the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Um, as for, uh, it looks like we're not necessarily going to have a, a Charlian forum for the next episode. I kind of want to just, let's say we'll keep Alex um, in, in the dark on this on, on this one for Shadowbringers. <laughs> Is there some kind what? of weird double entendre going on there? Okay, well, I thought you were dead. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, I guess, <laughs> without further ado, Born From Buds, Storm From Buds, we've been the Storm Buds, baby. Uh, uh, missing something. Oh, well. This is good tea. Thanks. Thanks.